Hey, 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 and welcome back to Intentionally Hoping. I would like to say a big thank you to everyone who listened to last week's episode, Who Am I? My Inward Self. I really appreciate you taking the time to listen, rating and sharing. Please take the time to follow me on Instagram and check out my post each Monday called Intentional Mindset Monday and the word of the day which is posted every Thursday. And if this is your first time, welcome. I am so happy you've joined me today. Please take the time to have a listen to last week's episode to catch up on all the nuggets I shared. I would like to apologize to everyone who listened to last week's podcast and found that the background music was a little bit distracting. I have made some amendments to this recording, so please leave your comments if you prefer no music while I'm talking or would you like music but just at a lower level of volume. Please leave your comments either on my Instagram at intentionally underscore hoping or email me at intentionally hoping at gmail.com. Disclaimer, I am not a counsellor yet. If any topic covered in this podcast affects you, please speak to a professional to support you in your healing journey. Personal disclaimer, this podcast is not about being perfect. What I do want to more importantly make clear is that I am not a perfect person. The lessons I would like to share are from my imperfect life journey that have shaped my life in diverse ways. I do not have a degree or any comprehensive in-depth knowledge on some of the topic elements. The experiences and events that have shaped my life have taught me how to evolve, overcome, press through, respect the process of healing and by the renewing of my mind and body. There is still so much for me to learn, so much for me to change and understand about myself, how to let go and the things that I need to hold on to and having the wisdom to know the difference, to take the action required on my healing journey. This podcast, I hope really encourages you to start making your own journey. This is a series of five episodes of discovering who I am may have been the things holding me back and the lessons I have learned to reconnect with myself. Each episode contains the topic, a nugget from the book of the month, the song of the week and a quote or scripture. Here are the five headings we'll be covering. My outward self, my physical body my inward self, mental and emotional wellness. How is my spiritual health? How I speak to myself and others. Relationships. This is the second part of the Who Am I series, my inward self, mental and emotional wellness. These last few years have been extraordinary. I have never experienced such a time as this. The whole world was on lockdown. The degree of uncertainty, fear and isolation was on another level. And I really do hope that I never see anything like this again in my lifetime. Every day in the news was breaking stories of the magnitude of deaths around the world. People from every race and background. People affected in all manners of ways. The spread rate of the coronavirus was unimaginable. 
Not knowing how long we would all be affected was concerning. The time was desperate for all. With the spread rate extremely high, people were losing their jobs or dealing with the uncertainty of the likelihood that they would. People's incomes were in danger, their homes, their businesses, and health concerns were all giving people anxiety. More and more people were showing signs of depression and anxiety than ever before. I am sure there were many more people that did not share their concerns about their mental or emotional health at the time and are still dealing with the effects now. An article written by the authors Tim Vizard and Theo Joloza give the latest picture of what we know about depression and adults during the pandemic so far. This article was published in May 2021. The Office for National Statistics, ONS, has been working to monitor the effects of last year's events on people's personal well-being and mental health. Two new pieces of analysis have been published today, providing early insights into self-reported depression in adults during the early 2021 lockdown. Depression is something that affects lots of adults in Great Britain. With ONS data finding an estimated one in five adults saying they experienced some form of depression during the coronavirus pandemic. This is concerning as the rate has doubled since the pre-pandemic rates. Just as worryingly, due to the restrictions and changes in the health service uses, people are not necessarily seeking medical help. With new data showing that the number of GP-diagnosed cases in adult depression has fallen at the start of the pandemic. This is in line with other non-COVID-19 related conditions, which may be due to some people being reluctant to consult GPs during this time, or due to the changes in the ways GP appointments were being managed during this pandemic. There has been a 30% decrease in all diagnoses by GPs in England during the late March to the end of August 2020 with the number of depression diagnoses falling from 1,131,804 in 2019 to 863,578 at 24% decrease, the decrease was higher among men than women and the largest fall of depression diagnosis was among those aged 45 to 54. Depression accounting for greater share of diagnosis by GPs. Interestingly, cases of adult depression is making up a larger percentage of overall diagnosis by GPs than pre-pandemic. As the percentage of all diagnosis, depression in adults rose by 1.3% points to 15.6% compared to the corresponding 2019 period. All ethnic groups saw a decrease in the number of depression diagnoses, but this was not evenly spread. The white ethnic groups saw the biggest drop by 24% less, and the Indian ethnic groups saw the lowest by 13.8%. However, the Chinese ethnic group had the highest increase when looking at depression diagnosis as a percentage of all diagnoses increased of 4%. Whilst this shows a picture of the pandemic throughout 2020, a key question is whether the high level of depression has continued into 2021. 
new analysis from 25,000 adults taking part of the opinions and lifestyle survey during the first few months of 2021 suggests that it may indeed be the case. In June 2020, around 19% of adults reported experiencing some form of depression, a similar proportion seen later that year in November. But by the lockdown of early 2020, this had risen by 21%. The reasons for this increase are likely to be complex. With the effects of being asked to stay at home during the lockdown, high levels of anxiety due to the coronavirus, along with the seasonal bad weather and the short daylight hours playing a part. Levels were high in younger adults, a group we know has been impacted by economic factors during the pandemic. Young women had particularly high rates, with over 4 in 10, 43% experienced some form of depression in the first part of 2021. Symptoms of depression during the pandemic have been more likely to affect some sections of society more, including clinically extremely vulnerable disabled adults on lower incomes. Further analysis in the pipeline. Our analysis paints a picture of the rising toll on mental health. Some people not necessarily accessing medical help, particularly during the start of the pandemic. As we move into the next stages of the roadmap out of lockdown, it is going to be important to look out for your own and each other's mental health and well-being. I know that was a lot of information, but it was very important information because... Ladies and gentlemen, we need to be really careful about our mental health. Mental health is really important because we need to have good management of it because we need to be able to function for ourselves and our family. We need to be looking out for one another. The pandemic has really emphasized, it has really magnified not just what's happened over the pandemic time, but it has uncovered things that have been hidden that people were dealing with pre-pandemic, before all of this happened. So there's a wave of emotion, there's a wave of feelings, there's a wave of traumas and hurts that people have been hiding. And this pandemic, as I said in my previous episode, that time where you weren't going to work and numbing yourself and being around others, socialising and being busy has exposed a lot. So I just want you to be mindful that there is a lot going on mentally for people. So don't judge yourself. Don't judge others. Seek help for yourself and really take time to be, to show empathy towards others, encourage them to seek mental health, um, mental health from professionals, um, to do things in their lives for yourself or for others that will help your well-being. It's really important that we look after ourselves at this time. Yes, people, we need to grasp the importance of monitoring your own and others' mental health and well-being. Rates of mental health problems can be higher in some BAME, Black, Asian and minority ethnic groups. Black men are more likely to have experienced a psychotic disorder in the last year than white men. Black people are four times more likely 
to be detained under the Mental Act than white people. Older South Asian women are more susceptible to suicide. Refugees, asylum seekers are more likely to experience mental health problems than the general population, including higher rates of depression, anxiety and PTSD. Some groups have better mental health, for example, people of Indian, Pakistani and African Caribbean origins showed higher levels of mental well-being than other ethnic groups. Suicidal thoughts and self-harm were less common in Asian than white people. Mental ill health is lower among Chinese people than white people. With all these statistics, it's important to note that they might not reflect the true extent of mental health problems amongst the BAME groups. This is because not much data is available and also because the BAME people may be less likely to report mental health problems. People from the BAME backgrounds have the same right as everyone else to access mental treatment and services. Research shows BAME people can face barriers to getting help, including not recognising they have a mental illness because mental health was stigmatised or never talked about in their community, not knowing that help is available or where to get it, language barriers, turning to family or friends rather than professional support, especially for people who don't trust formal healthcare services, Financial barriers, such as paying for private counselling. Not feeling listened to or understood by health professionals. White professionals may not understand their experiences of racism and discrimination. Mental health does not discriminate. We are all susceptible to experience mental health issues at any age or at any time in our lives. Mental health is something I have observed throughout my life. My family history has been affected by this. I have always been aware of the effects it can have on the person and their loved ones. Therefore, I am very vigilant to monitor and maintain good health as much as possible. I found, especially during the pandemic, I was experiencing so many different emotions and feelings at the time. But with Revelation and recognising that dealing with my emotions and my feelings before the pandemic was easy because I would just keep myself busy, distracted with all other things and the feelings and emotions would pass. This season was unavoidable for me. As I said in the previous episode, I was going through a transition of being uncomfortable with what I called comfortable dealing with the fact that I needed to change my habits, behaviours and coping mechanisms to become more stable and grounded as a person was challenging and uncomfortable. I shared a tool I was using last week that looked at pre-contemplation, contemplation, preparation, action and maintenance. I found this tool very helpful in changing my perspective of my situation. Sometimes you need to have time of reflection and revelation of your past and present state, whether mentally, emotionally or physically. Here I will give you a little breakdown of each of the five steps. If you would like to go deeper into this five step tool, please email me 
or DM me on Instagram. So once I have finished this series, we can have a deeper look. Pre-contemplation. Am I ready to change? The desire for change is good. This stage can take time as you need to be aware of your behaviours, habits and coping mechanisms that you are aware of and those you do not realise you have. Some people don't like to think they need to change themselves, so may find it hard to commit to this part. Try to make connections with the attributes you view as negative in your life. Where did they come from? Family, community, relationships. This can help you understand the habit better. Get others' perspective on your habits. Be open to their views as it's not judgment, just observation. Write things down as you notice them. Try to observe yourself. We all have internal barriers that we put up. What are yours? Are you afraid people will find them out? Are you afraid of being judged? Afraid to fail? What external barriers? Family, responsibilities, work obligations, time, no support? Contemplation. This stage is not easy as you really have to be intentional about embracing the process of discomfort and vulnerability. You need to establish where you are to make the next steps. Sometimes we want to rush this stage as we just want to get to the finish line. But just like most things, it takes time, consistency, perseverance to achieve. Get it in your mind that this is long-term work. Preparation, preparing to do the future work. How are you going to take the steps for change? You really have to preempt distractions and obstacles that will and can occur. Are these steps that you're wanting to take realistic? Do you need help and support? Can you do this work at this moment in time? This is not putting off doing the work. It's more of positively preparing yourself, the grace and patience to achieve what you envision. The change you want is possible. This is your moment to get intrigued and excited for the expectations of what change can bring. Don't be afraid to seek support at this stage as sometimes you can find yourself getting stuck because you are not sure of the how-tos. Make a plan, then work out how you can make permanent changes in your life. Look at things like the time of day you can do this, what tools you may need, the place or environment that is positive and productive, the cost, support, how to avoid distractions or people or things. Accountability can help you move forward. Share your goals and plans with positive people that will encourage you and tell you if you're not committing to your goals or plan. Have consequences for yourself for not doing what you said. Have weekly updates, conversations about how you're feeling and expectations, what went right and learn from what didn't go as well. Journal. Be kind to yourself, but realistic not to enable laziness. Make it fun and interesting. Come out of your comfort zone and try something new. 
Silence those negative inward thoughts with positive affirmations, scriptures, positive music, meditation. Put boundaries for yourself and others in your life. Remember, you are not changed yet. You are in the process. You are preparing for the change you are envisioning. Have people around who see you in the process mode with realistic expectations that sometimes you will get a little stuck and you will need encouragement to press forward. Action. Starting the process to change. Know your habits. Know your habits that have affected you in your past and that may affect your future. Know them well. Know what they look like. Know what they feel like. Recognize them. So when they start to raise their head, you can understand why you may encounter them and try to avoid them. This is not going to be easy. You are going to want to stop. You may find it hard some days. Allow yourself not to go with the immediate reaction to the situational feeling, but stop. Breathe. Think about the feeling of what you're experiencing and see who, what and the whys. Change is long term. There is no quick fix to anything. You are worth putting in the work. Change your mindset. This is the new you. There is no such thing as failure. Every experience is a lesson. It's practice. Practice with effort. It takes an average of six months for you to complete a change. Depending on the change, don't rush it. Speak to people who have more knowledge than you. Join a program, a class, seek professional help. Equip yourself for success. Read. Educate yourself on the change you want. Learn how the mind and the body works. Accept you will go through the emotions and the physical and spiritual effects of change. It's the process. Not everyone is going to support your change the way you would like. Make the good choices easier for yourself. Socialize with people who are doing the work or have done the work. Find out what excites you about the process, what's boring you how you can make it more fun. Are you worried that you won't keep it up? Remove yourself from toxic environments and people and external barriers that may disrupt your progress. Maintenance. You've already started and you have all the tools that you need. Just trust yourself. Allow yourself room to make mistakes, to fall down, to get back up and learn. As I said before, every experience that we have called negative, we are utilizing them to learn from them. Find out what the mistakes were. How was I feeling at that time? Where was I financially? Where was I spiritually? Where was I mentally? Who was around me that was toxic in that time? Learn from these experiences so that you can turn these new experiences into positive, proactive, productive ones you're on the journey we have to all start from somewhere trust me I've started there myself from the beginning dropped got back up questioned why when who I've had to do it all and I'm still doing it so you've started well done you're gonna go through it you're gonna get through it you're gonna do it 
Trust me, you will. What I learned using this tool is that um, I really had to sit with myself. This was a brilliant tool for me because I couldn't really think. There was so much noise around me, everybody's input, um, how I was feeling, what my body was saying, what I was, the negative thoughts that I, I was having at the time. It was just all so loud. Um, and I was just trying to numb myself by eating, sleeping, smoking, um, just, just overworking, just doing lots of stuff just to try and not feel, not to think. And the more I did, the more I would feel exhausted and tired and overwhelmed. So I, this was definitely a tool that helped me. It gave me a chance to stop and think, think, write down all the things that I was thinking and feeling and seeing in my life and having that clear picture of what it was and breaking down each one to see how they were affecting me. And then I could identify ways that I could make little changes, just little changes. I think once you identify what the behaviors you have and what triggers you, what's annoying you, who, when, then I think that's a brilliant way to start. So the pre-contemplation is really important. It's a really important step because you really need to visualize and see what's affecting you. And once you've done that, I think that just helps you to start to process how you're going to move forward. So the contemplation bit was just for me, finding out how I was going to do this because there was a lot of stuff that was going on. People, I need to work out the people that were affecting me. How was I going to manage them? How was I going to manage my own self? My, how I was thinking. How was I going to manage my physical self? How was I going to manage my financial self it was a lot of things all at the same time but once you write it down and you got some clarity it's so good write stuff down really do write it down because once you can see it you really can work on it and it helped me to recognize the reasons why I was seeing things um, feeling certain ways so if somebody was triggering me um, I could work out what were they saying or doing that was triggering me and then I could either have a conversation to them about it or I could just find ways of cutting them out of my life or not spending as much time with them or limiting the conversations that I would have with them. If it was about food, I could try to find healthier options. And if there wasn't healthier options, I would just try to not eat as much of it. If it was my exercise, I would do that running to 5k app that I spoke to you guys about. Um, and I would really try not to miss a day. And if I did miss a day, I wouldn't be so hard on myself, but use it as, you know what, you didn't do it today. This is the reasons why you didn't do it today. And then when the next time I was planning to go, try not to fall into that same emotional or physical mindset. And then I think once the contemplation stage was done for me, 
and I could see what the hurdles were in front of me, what I was needed to avoid, what I needed to promote. It was a little bit easier and it was more exciting. This was the preparation stage. It was really exciting to think, you know what? This is possible. I can do it. But I definitely came up against the the obstacles because you get such in your own habit and people have a habit of the way they react and they interact with you because you've been doing the same thing for so long. It's just becomes normal. You react one way, the other person gives it back to you in, in, in the way. And that's been such a normal communication between you and them that you find it hard to come out of that way of thinking and they come out of that heart that way of thinking the same way with your eating your emotional health it's just habits habits that you've been repeating repeating so once you've learned how to once you've shown once you see what the habit is and what you're doing that makes you repeat it it's like a light bulb you just think well you don't need to keep doing that thing but your mind and your body are still used to doing that so it's just training yourself not to be tripped up by those same obstacles. So what I would have to do is find new ways of getting around that thing. So if I knew I wanted to go and have a smoke, I wouldn't smoke with, I wouldn't be around people who were smoking so that I could try and not smoke. I wouldn't buy cigarettes because I didn't want to smoke. So if I didn't buy them and if I tried my best to avoid people that were smoking, then I'm hitting part of my goal. Or I would try to make most of my meals at home pre-buying the stuff before so that I knew when I went home, I didn't have to think about what I was going to eat. And then I would think, oh man, can't be bothered. I'll just throw something in the oven or buy takeout or something. But if I pre-planned, then that would be avoiding the obstacle of eating the wrong stuff. And it's with the exercise. If I got my stuff ready the night before in the morning, I knew the night before that when I went to sleep, it was already in my head that I was going to get up and do the exercise. So that's how I prepared for that days. And then at work, I knew, well, if I knew that this person was going to be in a mood or I knew that just to avoid them, just keep calm, just breathe and do what I came to do. And I'd pray a lot before I went to work pray a lot before when I was coming home because when I come home there could be a situation there as well and so I knew just breathe and think about if this happens try not to react like this and sometimes it would work um majority of the times I say it will work and sometimes it didn't work you know because sometimes you get in your flesh too you're tired you've had a bad day or you've you've you're not as focused on it at that moment and then you just flop. But um, I had to do a lot of, um, especially for my mental well-being, I listened to a lot of podcasts. Um, I listened to In The Light. That's a really good podcast. That is with Dr. Anita Phillips. That was such a really good podcast. Um, she talks, her sister had a 
suffered with mental health illnesses and she speaks about that experience how it affected her and she speaks to other people who were dealing with all sorts of different experiences and that just opened your eyes to make me see that I'm not alone in feeling certain ways in different seasons every day I would listen to the morning mindset with Kerry Green that is just really good. You need to start your day off with something positive to change the way that you're thinking. So he comes up with a scripture and he breaks it down and he explains it so well um, and just give, gives you that empowerment to go on with your day and that God's got you and, and that his word is living and it's real and it just it just works for me. So I would do that. Also, I would use um, a meditation because I used to get really, really anxious and I wouldn't be able to sleep. I'd suffer with insomnia. I would be up really, like go to sleep for a short while and then I'll be up again in the middle of the night. And I would use either some musical, just some instrumental um, music and I would just sit there and breathe. Um, Dappy T. Key's instrumental. He's a pianist and pianist, sorry. And, um, that was really good. I used the Abide um, app, which is a, another um, biblical meditation. Um, I also used another meditation. Um, I listened to quite a lot of podcasts, positive podcasts about changing your mindset and um, how the body works. I read Oprah Winfrey and Dr. Perry. They have a book out... Um, what happened to you? I believe it's called. Yeah, that's a really good book because it really illustrates um, how the mind works and how from when we're young, um, if we are not nurtured and loved and cared for in the right way, how it affects our brains, how situations where you like go to war, if you um, experience trauma, abuse, um how it affects the brain and the body so sometimes we are really going through stuff and we don't realize that this reaction that we are displaying in this present moment is because of something that we've experienced in our past I found that book really really good um I would suggest you buy that book and read it and it gives you a lot of diagrams and illustrations on how the brain works it's really good but yeah, I found that really, really interesting because it's important how we are nurtured and how we nurture others and the effects of our past are still affecting us now. And we just don't realize it. I, I've been learning a lot about that in my reflection time. Like sometimes I think, you know, why, you know, I spend... I can spend quite a lot of time on my own. Why is that? Because I've noticed other family members do that. They isolate themselves. Other little habits, you will start to realize as you do this um, five-step tool, you'll start to realize that the habits you've got are sometimes learnt. So yeah, definitely, definitely. And that, and the action for me um, is <laughs> really just doing it every day I commit to Monday to Friday end up if I'm not on an early shift I get up about five o'clock brush my teeth wash my face in some cold water make up my bed 
lay back on my bed and I have uh, a few minutes of worship. Then I read some scriptures. I listen to the verse of the day on my Bible app. Um, and then I meditate on God's words and, and that sets me up for the day. And I speak to him. I speak to God like I'm having a normal conversation with you right now. And, um, yeah, I just talk to him. I give myself about half an hour, 45 minutes. Then I get changed into my workout gear. Um, I go out in my garden and I do a workout program. It's just 30 minutes. I commit to 30 minutes a day, Monday to Friday. If I miss one of the days, I have to do it either on the Saturday or the Sunday, but I have to do five days. So that's what I do. And then what else do I do? I run twice a week with a running club and this all helps my body, my mind and my um, spiritual health. And I think once you get yourself into a really good routine of doing stuff that are positive for you, you're going to see the results. You know, I haven't lost all the weight that I want to lose yet. I'm in the process of doing that. But if I'm consistent in what I'm doing, then I will succeed. Um, I've definitely seen an improvement in my spiritual health. Yeah, and I, you know what I also do? When I'm at work, I put one of my AirPods in and I listen to um, my church services online and I listen to um, Deeper Fellowship on online as well. That's another church service that I listen to. You know, I try not to do too much social media and stuff like that because every time I just go on that thing, I think, oh, I'm just going to have a couple of minutes on here and next minute an hour's gone. So I try not to do too much of that. Um, Still working on that. Um, Yeah. But definitely, I think I've used this tool in a lot of my, 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 um, endeavors to be better so no matter what it is if it's financial physical mental spiritual whatever it is use this tool to find out what's how you can process your change it's brilliant I've done it with my financial as well um and so let's give you the song of the week Woo-hoo. So it's not really a song, it's instrumental. As I said to you before about using meditation, meditation is really good. If you do it first thing in the morning, it's just so brilliant. Um, I incorporate that kind of in my um, time that I spend with the Lord. Um, I'll sit and breathe, listen to the music and just breathe. So I'm inviting you today to listen to something calming as I said before, I listened to um, Dappy T. Key's instrumental and it's just some beautiful, soothing music you can use in your worship time, your prayer time, your meditation time. And just be still, close your eyes and breathe. Breathe from your belly, not your chest. And just do this continually for about five to ten minutes that is just gonna really relax you it's gonna give your brain some oxygen it's gonna help your immune system it's gonna help you to calm your heart rate down it's really really good so 
I'm just going to put a link to Dappy T Key's instrumental into the podcast notes. Have a listen or find your own music that is quiet and still and just soothing for about five to ten minutes. It's so hard to begin with because your brain is just so bombarded with stuff. But every time you catch yourself in your mind overtaking, just pull yourself back and start again. Just pull yourself back and start again. Just little by little, it's going to build up. Don't worry about it. Don't be too hard on yourself. Believe me, even still now, I'm just like, mind, be quiet. Shut up. But, um, yeah. <laughs> and the word for today comes from Philippians 4, 6 to 7. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your heart and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. That scripture is just so beautiful. It just reminds me of this song that we used to sing in one of my old churches. Cast all your cares upon the Lord. Cast all your cares upon the Lord. For he cares for you. And he knows what you're going through why don't you cast all your cares upon the lord <laughs> that is that but today um the book we are still in the homecoming book um dr fema she's a psychologist and a minister her book is about overcoming fear trauma to reclaim your whole authentic self her podcast is under the same title here is a section from her book homecoming why am i disconnected whatever the cause detachment from our emotions has become so much the norm that we ask people how are they feeling the social acceptance response is fine in religious circles the appropriate response is often i'm blessed we can absolutely be blessed and still experience sadness worry and frustration and addition to hiding our emotions from others we can also deny our emotions to ourselves for fear of drowning in those feelings. I was talking to a dear friend on the phone about some bad medical news she had received when she said, I have been fighting all day to keep from crying. I I asked, what if you stop fighting and let the tears come? She was afraid that if she let herself cry, she would lose it and she couldn't afford to lose it because she had to be mentally prepared to fight the illness. Although we were in two different cities, we decided to leave our houses at the same time and go for a walk while talking on the phone. As we walked, she allowed the tears to come and she was able to share her fears, possibly having to fight cancer in the middle of a pandemic. 
Walking allowed her to relieve some of the tension she was experiencing in her body. So with no one there to see her vulnerability, a good sister friend on the phone, she felt safe enough to cry. This release created space for her to be nourished, to be comforted and to have her needs of expression and connection met. Some of us become emotionally shut down from exhaustion. If you have faced reoccurring hopelessness, powerlessness or confusion, you may have learned to check out as a coping mechanism that has now become your automatic unconscious response. You may be in a place where nothing or very little phases you. Psychologists sometimes refer this to disconnection or the freeze response as in fight, flight or freeze. People may experience you as hard, heartless, cold, inaccessible, distant or strong. You may have become so used to telling people that you're fine and even believing that you're fine that you're not sure when exactly things within you fell apart. The disconnection can be the way of protecting yourself from the vulnerability of the feelings. Stress or trauma leaves others unable to regulate or contain their emotions. You may often feel overwhelmed or you may have labelled yourself as sensitive or too much. You may be so in tune with the suffering within and around you that it is difficult to contain or communicate what you feel. Feelings, things deeply and being criticised for it may have led you to build walls. I want you to know that a part of the homecoming journey is being able to express and honour your feelings. Wow. That is powerful. We always seem to hide from our feelings and we've been brought up to hide our feelings, um, cover them up. You know, if you used to get a smack from your mum, you used to be, what you're crying for? Be quiet, there's no need to cry. Or you're a big man, why are you crying? Men don't cry. You know, certain things that have been brought up, and this is not just from our parents, it's generational. So we there's a lot of things that we have to unlearn and to unpack in our emotional and mental health as the black community and this is a perfect time to do it um you can't change how you've been brought up but you can change how you move forward i really encourage you to get dr thema's book homecoming it is a fantastic book and it's helped me a lot um in dealing with my own homecoming um just coming to that place of acceptance of who i am and celebrating who i am and accepting that i have faults i'm not perfect and loving myself just the same because if i can love myself then i can love you and i can love others you know god loved us first and he loved us enough we can love ourselves and accept the things about us and work on the things that we need to work on and then express love empathy and compassion to others so yeah get the book read the book come on guys um i'm gonna link that 
in the description in the show notes as well so please 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 have a listen to her podcast or read the book so who am i i am genevieve who is intentionally doing the work to know herself and hoping to see and love the newly discovered genevieve what i have learnt what I am unlearning, how I am disciplining myself, what I accept and what I choose to reject. Thank you for listening right to the end. Thank you. I really value your time. I'm intentionally hoping you will join me again next week. Do you see what I did there? Yes. (laughs) Until then, please listen again, write down the points and ask yourself these questions. Please let me know how you're getting on. Are you finding this interesting? You know, what are you discovering about yourself? I want to know. Please DM me on intentionally underscore hoping or email me on intentionallyhoping at gmail.com. Please rate, follow, share, comment. And until next week, bye.